Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. Creative Pep Talk helps you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with Creative Pep Talk and my creative work by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. Splash. So we got our first factor meals and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely loved them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef crafted dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how factor meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low calorie. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. Quick announcements. Hey guys, uh, just a few things. This week, I'm going to see you guys at Creative Works Conference in Memphis. I'm kicking off the conference. I have planned to tell my story. I'm the first guy who's going to speak, and I'm going to bring as much pep and passion as I possibly know how to bring. I'm going to tell my story, the ups and downs, the bad, the good, uh, and uh, just try to say, here's the reasons why I'm glad that I kept going, that kind of thing, Um, and why you should too, and talk about what's the point of all of us doing all this. Anyway, hope to see you guys there. If you see me, please come up and talk to me. Uh, I'm a weird guy. I'm an, I'm, a, I'm a nice guy, and I like to talk to people that listen to the podcast and just meet you guys, so come talk to me. Um, and, uh, okay, this is the last of the monologue episodes on the marketing series. Um, this has been really well received. I think, <clears throat> you know, I said that I'd almost turn this into like a paid class. And actually, if I did that, I'd probably go even deeper. But, uh, but I think that we'll cap it off here. I'm really stoked about this episode. Uh, and then we're going to have one more part to this series, but it's going to be an interview. And that one's going to come out next week with super special secret guest. Uh, and uh, that's what we're going to do. Hey, two other things. They're both in my shop. If you go to creativepeptalk.com slash shop, you can see a new shirt that I put out that says Super Duper Cosmic with the star guy. I made that shirt because I wanted to wear that shirt. Uh, I, want, I, I, can't, I can't always find shirts that I'm super excited about wearing, and so I've just decided I'm just going to make my own, and then if anybody else wants to wear some too, that's fine. Also, I'm restocking the Creative Pep Talk book in my shop. It's been sold out on there for a long time, and it will be back up for sale. All right, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Let's go. So I went to school in the UK in northern uh, part of England, West Yorkshire, beautiful rolling hills. I went to a school called uh, Huddersfield University or the University of Huddersfield. I actually can't ever remember <laughs> which it was. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's one of those. Uh, and uh, went for design and illustration, made a bunch of cool friends, and 
It was awesome. Like when we were graduating, we did a bunch of collaborations together. We made this magazine, this little uh, fold up magazine called Pump, me and three other friends, Matt Burville, Rob Lober, and Jeff Bowman. And uh, we were super stoked about that. We went to a bunch of events, got invited to do some live drawing stuff down in London. Uh, and you know, our, our teacher who became a really close friend of mine, Paul Hayes, he introduced us to a lot of people in the industry and uh, it was just super awesome. We were doing a lot of like murals and live drawing and, and, and collaborations and all this stuff. And uh, you know, with this magazine that we'd made called Pump, uh, we, we, were, we launched it as this free thing and it ended up on a bunch of blogs. We got it. Uh, we had requests from several continents and we only hand we, we printed them in our computer at at, uh, at home and we folded them by hand and we had people in south america in asia uh maybe even africa uh, emailing us to purchase copies and uh it was just blowing our minds the power of the internet and what happens when you really go do something and we just had all this momentum coming out of uh, graduation and it was just a it's a time I look back on really fondly and so with the internet the magic of the internet that we all talk about I thought I'll move home we'll move back to Indiana and we'll get we'll live with really cheap overhead live in a in a house in a in this smallish town that I'm from Columbus Indiana not to be confused with Columbus, Ohio, where I live now, uh, but Columbus, Indiana. And I, we, I thought we'd move back there. We'll save lots of money. We'll be back with some of my old friends. And through the power of the internet, I will have this freelance illustration career. And uh, we moved back. Now, it was at the time of the recession, too, uh, which I think made a difference. But I honestly think that... Uh, what happened was there was this rude awakening that the internet is maybe only as magical as people and relationships. And I went back to Indiana and my work dried up and the momentum dried up and I didn't really know why. And I think one of the core reasons was that the momentum of relationships had dried up and everything that I was doing was just like shouting in the woods. And yeah, the internet's great, but only so far as you're connected with real people. And I think that uh, we forget this all the time. I think we, we get on the internet and, it, and if you're not careful and you don't stay connected to the fact that the internet isn't a bunch of wires, the internet is people and it can feel like you're going on there and playing Sims or something. And all these little avatars are just little, uh, you know, digital robots that you're interacting with. And the, and the point is to get the most likes on your page. And the more likes you get, the more your little avatar thrives. And that's just so far from the truth. There's this really interesting uh, study from... I don't know, the 70s or something. And I'm not going to go deep into it. You've probably heard about it. And it, they were they were trying to study uh, 
how Nazi Germany happened. How did regular military uh, personnel do such atrocious things? And uh, how, how did that all come to play? Like, it couldn't have been just thousands and thousands of purely evil people. They were trying to figure out the psychology of why that happened. And there was this study that they did where they would take uh, these these uh, volunteers and put them in a room with this switchboard. And this guy in the like white coat would be like, all right, turn up the voltage and keep turning up the voltage. And as the person would keep turning up the voltage, they heard intense screams from the other room. And they would, and they, and the guy in the white coat would keep saying, turn up, keep turning it up, keep turning it up all the way until they could hear the person in the other room die. And the takeaway was that when you have this authority figure, this person in the white coat, that people will be willing to do crazy things if they're told to do so by authority. And I think that that is a valid takeaway. Uh, I think that that study gets torn to shreds in a billion different ways and it's kind of inhumane and uh you know the guy in the other room that's screaming is an actor by the way uh but it's just psychologically damaging for the volunteers and all that jazz but i think there's even another takeaway here and i think it's this level of disconnect from people and i wonder how the results would be different if you had to stare the person you're shocking in the eyes and i think in the internet I think with the internet, we've gotten to this place where we've, we're really, really far away from the lifeblood of humanity, which is relationships. And I think in the creative industries, we are what we were in this place where we're isolated in our little rooms, making these things. And one of the things that happens for me with creative pep talk is that some, like right now I'm in a really busy season. Uh, I've had a bunch of deadlines, juggling a bunch of projects at the same time, and uh, I haven't had as much social time, as much time being able to interact with people that listen to the podcast, and then also just people in the industry. And at some point, I'll start getting a little bit apathetic about the podcast because I feel like I'm a little bit insane. Because I'm in, I'm going in my room, record this thing, and then upload it, and there's just no connection to the purpose of what this is about because the purpose is about people. And later this week, I'm going to be speaking at Creative Works uh, in Memphis. And I'm so looking forward to just getting around other creative people and just remembering why I'm so passionate about helping creative people. But it's because they're people. And... Uh, People, relationships, word of mouth, uh, networking, these are the key components of your success, but they're one of the things that we tend to ignore the most for a myriad of reasons. Now, I had this idea of this hot dog cart guy, and he's got his hot dog cart. And at first he just starts simple, quality dogs, got his little cart, uh, he, he you know invests all this money in doing this cart, goes out there and doesn't sell one dog. And he's like, man, what am I gonna do? So he's like, you know what, I'll start shouting, 
Hot dogs, get your hot dogs. And he's making it. Then he starts shouting weirder things like doggy, 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 doggy. He's trying to, you know, gimmick it up, trying to <laughs> trying to do something crazy. Uh, hot, 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 hot dogs. He's doing everything, trying just to get make a splash. He's like gimmicks. You know, what other gimmicks can I do? He forms a hot dog in the shape of a pretzel. Pretzel dogs, and then he's try, he's trying to uh, anything, anything. He's he's trying different condiments, crazy condiments. You can put caramel sauce, caramel sauce on the hot dogs, sprinkles on the hot dogs, bacon on the hot dogs, glazed hot dogs, glazed buns. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, so he's doing all these crazy things. He even thinks maybe, maybe hot dogs uh, are just maybe it's just not what people want. People don't want hot dogs. Maybe they want. Uh, donuts, ice cream. We'll do ice cream. Okay. And then he changes the cart, guts it, puts the freezer in, puts ice cream in, puts a ice cream. He had this awesome kind of gimmicky idea where he was going to do, uh, he was going to put the ice cream man song playing constantly, uh, really loud so that people know he's there and changes everything. No purchases. Here's the part I forgot to mention. The guy's cart is in the middle of the woods. <laughs> it wasn't. He's trying to tinker with the ingredients and the recipe and the gimmicks and the marketing and all that jazz. But the fact of the matter is you got to go where the people are. It doesn't matter how good your art is. It doesn't matter if you tinker with the marketing. It doesn't matter if you tinker with, maybe you're making the wrong type of art. Maybe you need to switch it up. Maybe you're using the wrong colors. It doesn't matter if you don't have relationships. If you're not making real connections with people. And I think so, so many creative people, including me, can get so bogged down into thinking, what am I doing wrong with my art? How is it not quite right? Do I need to just situate it here or there or whatever? And it's like tinkering with the recipe of these hot dogs. You just need to get up and go where the people are. That's the first step. And like 90% of the battle is going where the action is, going around other people where people know they can find people like you and you can make connections to other people like you. And when I moved back to Indiana, to this smallish town, Columbus, by the way, there's a movie called Columbus Out. It's about this town. Uh, it does have an amazing history. You should go check it out. It's, it's uh, Columbus, Indiana is a kind of a crazy place. Um, but when I moved back into this smallish town, I say smallish because I don't really know exactly how big it is. I know it's not really big. Um, I moved back there and I actually, looking back, I think that the tide really started to turn when I started reaching out and making connections even in my small town. And one of the things I hear when I talk about relationships and meeting people and going where the people are and networking and, and influencer marketing and all the stuff we're going to talk about today, one of the things I hear all the time is, I don't live in a big city and I don't have money to go to conferences. Well, I'm telling you right now, my illustration and design career started to uh, become more solid when I reached out and made connections in this small town and then even in just some of the cities around uh, where I was, which was Indianapolis and Cincinnati and Bloomington. 
And that was where the tide changed. I started doing little flyers for my parents' church. I started uh, making a connection to the little uh, web design startup and started doing little things for them. This is back in like 2011, uh, 2010, 2011. I started, I, I was on the board of directors for this little design museum in Columbus, Indiana. I started going to the events and making connections and slowly that started to turn into small opportunities that I could build a foundation on while I'm waiting for some of the bigger stuff and, and working for that stuff that's a little more inconsistent. And that's actually where everything started to change. And uh, I just want to encourage you today, talk to you about some ideas of taking what we know about what works in the marketing landscape. One of the last things that's working in that world is influencer marketing and seeing what we can learn from that and apply to our careers to have some explosive growth. Let's do it. We talked a little bit about why we need to focus on relationships in our marketing. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what I mean by that practically. And here's what it is. It's this idea of influencer marketing. One of the things I think a lot about is uh, the 80-20 rule. This idea that 80-20 rule is this business principle that says... Uh, 80% of your results are usually due to 20% of your efforts. And all that means is it's just kind of arbitrary in terms of numbers. But the idea is that you're doing 100% of 100 things and only 20 of them are really working. And it's important to figure out what those things are and then expand and focus all your energy so that you're doing 100 things within that 20 that's actually working and getting rid of the 80% that's only getting you 20% of your results. And it's this idea of consistently becoming more and more efficient and potent in your efforts. And the same goes for your marketing. You know, there's a billion things you could be doing in marketing. You could be sending out print promos, crazy print promo things, all you know, from postcards to really elaborate printing pieces. You could be, uh, you know, going door to door. You could be, if you're a musician, you could be going from person to person trying to put headphones on people in the city and selling them CDs face to face. Uh, you know, you could be uh, doing, you know, there's a, there's a giant amount of things you could be doing. You could be sending emails to people nonstop, hundreds, thousands of emails, and uh, you could be doing content marketing like what we talked about uh, last week, and you could also be doing influencer marketing. And one of the things I've always done is think about this 80-20 rule. Think about which of these efforts has the biggest payoff, and which of these efforts do I work really, really hard, but the payoff is insignificant. Now, early on in my career, I did everything that I could possibly do because even if the results were insignificant, they were still results. And so early on in my career, I emailed and emailed and emailed tons of people. I sent as many postcards as I could. Uh, I did whatever I could. And I think that it's good to do that when you don't really have any momentum. 
But at some point, I kind of decided that I was going to focus on the things because I think you need marketing. Even if after you are established as a creative, even after you have a real career, you still have to be planting seeds or at some point there will be no harvest. And so even in my, even where I'm at right now where I'm, I'm really busy, you know, and I have to turn down some things and all that jazz, I still take a top priority to think about marketing and what is my marketing plan and how am I going to stay in the game. And my plan has changed a little bit to focus on the 20% of things that gets the 80% of results. And the two areas I focus on are influencer marketing and content marketing. And last week we went deep into content marketing. This week we're going to talk about influencer marketing. And the reason I use these terms is because if we look at you know, that what the experts are doing in marketing, we will learn things. We won't do exactly what they do for two reasons. One, sometimes it's gross. We're not going to be gross people. At least I'm not. Uh, maybe you will. I don't know how gross you are. <laughs> but, but anyway, well, you know, sometimes some marketers get a little bit weird and gross. Uh, and the other reason we're not going to do exactly what they do is that it doesn't directly apply to creativity to creative industries like uh and i see one part of what i see the podcast being and one part of what i see my purpose uh in this in this world being is is to translate marketing principles the most powerful marketing principles to the creative industry being a translator and that being one of the core values uh that i can bring to the table and saying, hey, this is what they're doing. Here's what I think works for us. And that's what I want to do for influencer marketing. And here's why. I think influencer marketing is like the final frontier of marketing that's going to work. I think it's word of mouth on steroids. It's trust, building trust at a scale. Meaning, uh, you know, you might trust your friend Johnny for the best tunes. He always knows uh, what the new album of the year is going to be and he can hook you up on the DL before anybody else knows it. And you know when he tells you to listen to this album that you're going to like it because he knows your taste and he's got great taste. And essentially influencer marketing is that at scale. It's saying these are people that are connected to lots of people in a deep way where their audience really believes in what they're doing and trusts them. And if, they're, if they maintain integrity and only endorse things that they are really passionate about, then they have the place in their audience life to really speak in and say, you should check out this product, uh, brand, whatever, because I think it's great. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I scrutinize the sponsors. I actually have a list of sponsors uh, of people approaching me. I have way more sponsors than I can put on the podcast. I've chosen to only put two sponsors ever on a podcast because I don't want to overload it. And I only want to use sponsors that I would use or that I'm really passionate about. And ideally, ones that I'm really passionate about. And that's what I try to focus on. And that's what I try to put on this podcast. Um, because I don't want to break the trust that I have between you and I because it's a real thing. It's a relationship. And uh, one of the only ways that you're going to grow your work is by figuring out how you can utilize these principles in your own marketing, in your own uh, career. And it's going to look different to what it looks like for Nike to do an, uh, um, an influencer marketing campaign. Mm -hmm.
So here's my translation of influencer marketing for the creative world. It's called uh, collaboration, right? And uh, collaboration, I honestly, look, I'm never going to stop doing episodes on collaboration until I see some of you people out there, ouch, there, a little bit of, I just got tongue tied getting too passionate about this. I see too few people taking collaboration seriously when I think it is possibly the most important thing you can be doing in terms of marketing because it's tapping into the trust in networks of your peers. And it's mutually beneficial, especially when you link arms with somebody who's in a similar spot to you. You both can rise at the same time, swap connections, build trust. Here's the idea. It's called uh, featuring on another rap artist's song. Like that's how rap careers are built by going and doing a collaboration, blowing it out of the water, featuring on some random song. Uh, and, and that's how you're going to get known. It's called opening for another band. But so many creatives never do it. They stay in the woods at, with the hot dog cart and they just focus on making the hot dogs better rather than uh, doing a switch with somebody else, going out there and actually getting where the people are. And I have personally, this is all from personal experience. I have literally built my career on this principle. I started, like I told you, back in the UK, me and three other guys, we created this little mini magazine called Pump. Then me and another guy from that, Jeff Bowman, we created a zine called The Wizard's Hat. He and I did The Wizard's Hat, did uh, our first issue was just a collaboration between him and I. Our second issue was a collaboration with, I don't know, 15 other artists we had uh, submit to the zine. And beyond that, I did a book called The Indie Rock Poster Book after The Indie Rock Coloring Book, which was uh, 30 posters from 30 different artists. Another collaboration I went on to do was on my blog, I would highlight and interview other creative people and also just share their work and spotlight their stuff. I went on to do a show called Color Me Blank with Andrew Nyer where we uh, do this traveling giant mural coloring book thing. Then I went on to do the Creative Pep Talk book which was 50 different art artists uh, work, a collaboration in that way. And, uh, and then on this show, I often interview and celebrate other creative people. And that is all the way back through my career doing these really big, significant, resume-worthy collaborations, things that were of the highest caliber of anything in my portfolio. These deep, real connections built with other creatives. And I guarantee I would not be where I am today without these collaborations. And so today on the show, let's talk about different ways you can approach doing this and let's take it seriously and get out of the woods, get off our little island and start making some real connections, baby. Got six ideas for you guys to think about how you can make some of this collaboration happen, how you can tap into the power of influencer marketing. So sexy and so cool influencer marketing. I hate saying influencer marketing. It makes me puke in my mouth a little bit, but 
I actually think that there are, there are ways to utilize these principles that are that actually are more human and better than just doing it alone in your room. Uh, I actually think that this, uh, even though the, the name is kind of gross and puts me off of it a little bit, I actually think this path is a holier, uh, more human, more loving path than just going alone. And I've got six ideas. The first one is a market collab, meaning you and someone else in your market, the same, someone who does exactly what you do, just a little bit differently, collaborating on something. If you're an editorial illustrator, that could be working with another editorial illustrator on some pieces of work or an Instagram project or a zine. Uh, if you're a rap musician, it could be features uh, or, a, or a collaborative album. Uh, if you are a two logo designers it's two logo designers doing a logo design project but it's market on market you're people in the same market doing a project together you and someone who does exactly what you do just a little bit differently and just kind of swapping your network and expanding by creating this third entity between you the second thing that you could do is an industry uh, a larger broader industry collaboration um Wait, before we go to that, I want to go back to one, market on market. Uh, I just want to talk about it through the lens of food. One of the ways that I see this done in my hometown that I love is that I keep seeing these restaurants that collaborate with other local restaurants. And uh, the best pizza I've ever had is there's a place here locally called Mikey's Late Night Slice fantastic pizza i love that they have the little dips like the free like you know like a ketchup dispenser but garlic butter and <laughs> so gross and ranch and like spicy ranch and then some like weird sauce i'm a sucker for that man i'm from the midwest like this is what like you know you don't know how happy the midwesterners were when uh they started doing the butter dispenser that you can do it yourself with the popcorn at the movie theater. Oh my gosh, my dad. <laughs> my dad actually created an invention. This is so ridiculous. Because you would get your popcorn and, and if you put butter on, all the butter would be on the top. And he would, he would put a straw on the butter nozzle and, pu and push it down so that you could get butter in the middle of the popcorn. Oh my gosh, only in... The Midwest, right? Um, and uh, anyway, I'm getting way off topic. But Mikey's Late Night Slice, you can get the sauces and all that. But they collaborated with a local uh, spicy chicken place called Hot Chicken Takeover, which is also amazing. And they made the Hot Chicken Takeover pizza. And it had pickles on it, from, like the bread and butter pickles that were not cooked with the pizza. They were later added for anybody that thought that was gross. That pizza was the best pizza I ever had. And I've seen a lot of that, and it's the market on market. Both two food places uh, coming together to expand their network and get the word out about what they do. Next level is the industry collaboration. This is where you're in the pizza market, and then someone's in the beer market, and you do a beer and pizza night. Uh, and this is cross industry. So it's not just an editorial with an editorial illustrator. It might be an editorial illustrator uh, working with a, a, a web designer, or it might be a musician working with a filmmaker. 
where you've got, uh, you know, if I've always thought about this, if I was a musician and I was trying to make a career out, out of this work that I was doing, one of the things that you want to do is get uh, your your songs licensed for commercials or TV shows. Uh, that's where a lot of the money is in, in songwriting these days. And what I would do is I would create a personal project with a filmmaker where we made short films that utilize the music in ways that could be used in movies and television. And this is cross-industry, uh, cross uh, broader industry collaborations where an illustrator might be working with a layout designer and a writer to create a magazine if you want to show off your editorial illustration skills. And that is a bigger expansion. Then you have Number three, an industry compliment where a pizza place is uh, going to sponsor an event outside of the sphere of the restaurant place and now getting out there into the broader world. One of the things that happens with creative people is that they get uh, incestuous in, in the whole, uh, sorry to use that word. As soon as I said it, I regretted it. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it even in the broader terminology, uh, but they get this, uh, they get so far down in their little niche that they forget that they actually need people that aren't illustrators or not designers or not musicians to care about what they do. You know, the comedians, comedian that only, only, uh, that only appeals to other comedians. Like those are usually tragic stories. Now, sometimes it works out, but, um, I think generally, you want to get broader and you want to have a connection with people outside of your industry. So the pizza place sponsors some business event, sponsors events that are totally outside of the world of food. And for you, it might be, um, it might be a writer who's blogging for a friend who runs a local boutique shop. It might be an illustrator and a musician working together, which are two completely different uh, industries. You know, something like, I think it's Jamie Hewlett. Man, I think I'm mixing that up. It's the guy from, anyway, it's an illustrator and the guy from Blur, Damon Alburn, who made Gorillaz. And that's like cross-industry, still creative, but cross-industry collaboration and made something totally different. And probably, uh, you know, Jamie Hewlett had no potential for getting that kind of exposure working with just another illustrator. And one of the things that you can do is actually drum up relationships or use the relationships you have in, with people that are not actually even in the creative industry. Go beyond that um, and, and, and make those broader connections and use what you do with, uh, with people out there in the real world so you can see how it's applied out there and start gaining uh, momentum and people giving you interest and followers outside of your little niche. Now, fourth one, abundance spotlight is what I'm calling this, and it's celebrating others. In what way could you use your network and your following to support and celebrate other people in your industry? If you do that, I can guarantee you it will come back to you. Uh, not to mention that it's just a nice thing to do. But I suggest doing it, either, even on your Twitter, even on your Instagram stories, whatever it is, go out there and support and love on other people in your industry. And what goes around will come around. And that's a way that you can do collaboration from wherever you are in the world, even if you don't know anybody. 
Five, create a local event or join a local event. Doesn't matter where you are. Even in my little town of Columbus, it was a game changer for my career. There's no excuse. I get it. We're creative people. Sometimes we're weird. I often am weird. Even though I like to talk and get on stage, I was just watching a... Jerry Seinfeld's new thing on Netflix, and he talks about how comedians are mostly comfortable getting on stage and talking to everybody, but coming off stage and not being able to talk to anybody, uh, any one person. And I think in my life, I've had that experience over and over again. Like, I love getting on stage. I love doing the podcast. Sometimes getting on -on one-on-one can be intimidating, even even though I I can talk my face off at a thousand people at a time. Uh, And so I get that it's scary, but I think that it's necessary. It almost rhymes with scary. Uh, So you know it's true. Uh, (laughs) um, But you got to go out there and maybe you just create a drink and draw event. Maybe there's nothing happening locally and you need to be the catalyst. Just grab a few people that you know that might want to do it. Connect with a local coffee shop or bar and say, we're going to do a drink and draw and just start making connections and collaborate with people with the local event. Last one, bigger event. Step six, I just want to encourage you. I'm a big believer in conferences and travel. And it wasn't until 2014 after I'd already like, you know, worked my face off to get a real career in illustration and had a full-time freelance illustration career. And it was, I knew, uh, probably two years I knew that I needed to make it a priority to go to a conference and really meet some of these people that I knew on the internet. And the first time I did that was going to Icon Illustration Conference in 2014 in Portland, Oregon. And it was an absolute game changer. The relationships that I made at that place have followed me for the following three years. And it was one of the first times that I really connected with my people And it changed the way that I viewed my career. It went from me playing like this Sims version of illustration online to bringing it into full color. It went from that black and white, you know, there's something kind of gross and weird and and distorted when we're hiding behind the computer screen. Uh, And and it just brought everything into color. And I'm going to encourage you to get out of your comfort zone and go make those connections face to face. Go save up and invest in yourself. Don't take it from me. Take it from the universal truth. Everything in our universe exists because smaller things relating to other things, to other small things to make bigger things happen. That's the way our universe works. Beyond that, I just read a a study from Harvard, so you know it's real, and they said that your happiness is directly in proportion to the the strength of your relationships in your life. And uh, I was also listening to this podcast recently that uh, I've been obsessed with, which is called Philosophize This. It's about philosophy, and man, it's my cup of tea. I'll tell you that right now. And one of the things he went into was talking about how uh, the neo-Marxist had this idea that consumerism and capitalism had this, uh, this, uh, this thing happen uh, which in, which 
which is this idea of being trapped in a box and that you create this giant house that you buy for yourself. You don't have to have any relatives live with you. You don't have to rely on other people. And this house, this giant box that you live in ends up being a kind of cage. And your TV, where you get all of your information, and they would probably say now, your phone becomes another box that you become isolated within. Uh, and your car is a box that you're trapped in that keeps you from the outside world. And uh, I think that this idea of influencer marketing, this idea of marketing your work by creating collaborations with other people that have different networks and have different resources and different audiences and uh, building your career around creative collaborations and relationships speaks to the heart of the the power of the universe and one of the things that's most at stake with our isolation in the modern era and uh, when I moved back to the states in uh, must have been 2010 that was one of the things that struck me, and I remember talking to my dad about it, this idea that uh, one of the things that I think breeds this mental sickness and all the crazy stuff that you see in the U.S. right now, I think a big part of it is isolation, our ability to have these big houses, uh, lots of land, uh, no you know, travel on our own, no public transportation necessary. Uh, all this space means that we can all create our little tiny kingdoms and never have to interact with each other. And with, you know, Amazon and drone delivery and all that jazz, it's just going to get worse in terms of our ability to be trapped within these boxes. But it doesn't have to be that way. And too many people in the creative world, and myself included, can get in this trap and we got to uh, fight it because it's where all the action is. It's where all the, uh, it's where all the good stuff is, is in other people. It's why we make stuff is for other people. It's for the love of connection with each other. And yet we remain isolated out of, uh, you know, social anxiety or uh, whatever it is. And actually, one of the things that uh, really bugs me is that the fact that we can all become our little own media companies and, and de the democratization of all of this technology means that we need each other even less. And sometimes I see my friends and I building the same things apart from each other. And if we would be willing to collaborate, we could actually do something that's bigger than we're able to do alone. And this is a real struggle in my own life. It's easier to go it alone. And it's faster. You know that quote? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I don't know who said it, but it's true. And uh, I think about love. 
I talk about love a lot. I like love. It's a big uh, core value in my life. And uh, I actually, I mean it in a lovey-dovey, you know, hippy-dippy kind of way, but I also mean it in a practical, scientific way. This idea that love means one thing's willingness to lay its own autonomy and individuality down to say, uh, to put a, put aside the ego and come together with somebody else or something else and create something larger. And uh, it makes me sad that so many of us are out there on our, on our lonesome building our tiny empires when we could make some really amazing stuff if we'd be willing to set aside our ego and uh, actually, you know, go through the messy conflict of actually working together. And one of the things for the future of Creative Pep Talk, this mission, this cause, this thing to see creative people thriving, one of the things that's on my mind a lot in the past year as I did the Creative Pep Rally, as I did um, some new things in this venture, is that I realized I'm not going to be able to do this alone. I don't have the skills, the strengths. I've got too many giant weaknesses to build the type of thing that can help the maximum amount of creative people. And so I've been looking for collaborators, looking for ways of growing this thing beyond myself, not just for my marketing efforts, but for my own sanity and for the good of the creative people that I'm helping. And I remember back in 2010, 2011, were probably my most isolated years living in a small town in Indiana, uh, not connected to even people into my town really, and just sitting behind the screen, uh, playing the virtual reality of a creative career with these avatars online. Um, and I feel like that was me at my most unhealthy most depressed, most skewed perception of reality. And uh, one of the things that ended up happening is after I started going out there and making connections, I realized it was like holding up a mirror to myself and realizing all the weird drama and perceived anxiety, all this stuff that I'd put on myself and, and, and the game of the industry was all in my head. And that all these people were actually people. And I remember one of the things that helped a lot was this connection I made, uh, who's now one of my best friends, Andrew Nyer. He was running a gallery in Cincinnati, and he invited me to go do a show there. And we did this collaborative exhibit called Color Me Blank that turned into uh, all kinds of other shows that we did in the future. Um, and I remember driving home from Cincinnati in this euphoric state and this peace of mind that I hadn't had for years and that connection and that collaboration gave me this sense. I remember calling my wife and kind of telling her, I don't know why, but I think everything's going to be all right. And I just had a newfound hope and peace from that connection and I was so exuberant in my euphoria that I drove like 40 miles past my exit 
<laughs> and instead of taking a two hour drive, it was like a three hour drive or something, um, or maybe even more than that. Uh, I was too excited. And if you're in a place where you're feeling a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression about your career, a lot of uh, just in your head playing this weird virtual reality creative game on the internet, my encouragement is to go make it real. Get out of the woods, go to where the people are. And if you do that, you will break through this glass ceiling. Big thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Nate Utesh and his band Medivari for all the tunes. We got some new tunes we're going to be working with. They got a new album dropping soon. Go listen to Medivari on Spotify. M-E-T-A-V-A-R-I. There are some new songs, new singles out. Uh, I'm just going to bring it up right now because there's this one uh, that I've been listening to over and over. It's called Indigo. Man, that is a jam. It's really, really good music to work to. If you're a creative person who can uh, do your stuff while you're listening to music, go check that out. Um, You're going to be hearing some new songs on the podcast from them. Thanks to Alex Sugg for making this thing making this thing sound squeaky clean and fresh. He edits the podcast. Thanks to all of you guys for listening. Uh, oh man, I love you guys so much. And stay tuned. We're gonna have another episode of Ask Doctor Pizza where I answer your creative career questions. You can go download the Anchor app and send in a question. You go to my profile, click call in, record right from your phone. You can plug your website and name and Instagram or whatever too and get on the podcast and have 10,000 people hear about you as well. Uh, And the Anchor app, they had approached me um, like six months ago where they wanted to do some kind of collaboration and and I'd only heard randomly of Anchor, but I hadn't tried it. Uh, that didn't didn't end up working out, but I ended up playing with the app. And I'm telling you what, if you have any interest in audio as a form of content um, or you like to consume audio, this app is my the my favorite app in the way that it's designed. It's uh, got ridiculous uses, so many different ways of capturing your audio. You can create a podcast to iTunes right from the app. And I'm super, super into it. We are, this is early days of some collaboration. Um, I don't know exactly where it's all going to go, but I am loving Anchor. I hope that it turns into a massive breakout giant app um, because I think it's uh, one of the best out there. So stay tuned. Go download it. Try it out. It's fun. There's all kinds of really cool stuff. The learning curve is not steep. You'll learn it really fast. Um, Go send in a question. Uh, for Ask Dr. Pizza and it might be on the show. So that's all I got to say. Until next time, stay pepped up. The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. 
Learn more at anchor.fm. Hey, Andy. My name is Brian, and up until recently, I was working full-time at an agency and part-time freelance. Long story short, the agency went under, and I find myself transitioning to full-time freelance much sooner than I could have anticipated. Any tips on hitting the ground running with a new business? Thanks. Brian, Brian, I don't know if I got cut off there. Brian, thanks for calling in. Uh, okay, so here's my tip. Um, uh, you got laid off. Sorry to hear about it. Sorry about the, the company went under. Here's my big thing that I think was a game changer for me early on in my freelance life. Something that really saved me was a combination of two things. It was one, learning the term cash flow, understanding that your salary might be great, but if your cash flow sucks, you're going under too. It's not going to work. you got to keep money coming in, coming out. That's cash is king. That's what it, they mean by that in small business world. So be mindful of that. Um, and then here's how I would approach that. And here's what really kills your cash flow. To me, it's the black or white thinking, the, uh, the thinking that you're either employed full-time in the drudgery of uh, an office or you're living the no-pants freelance dream, right? And it's either sink or swim. It's either pass or fail. It's, it, and there's no in-between. There's no C+. Plus. But there is a C-plus in your career. There is a middle ground. And here's the thing. You don't have to go from working at this office, doing work that, I mean, maybe you liked it, but, but a lot of times we think, oh, we're in the office doing this employment. It's not living the dream. And then we get this moment to go out there in the real world and do our thing, and we're going to do this work that's the work we always dreamed of. And what ends up happening is... We shoot for only that kind of work. We wait around. We say no to everything that isn't our ideal situation, and we kill our cash flow. Here's what I would think. Rather than thinking that you used to be in this situation, and now you're in this brand new situation, realize that you're somewhere in between those situations, really. I bet people that worked at that business with you are connections that you've made, real connections, and you could tell them that you're doing freelance and you're willing to do things that come up that you'd be suited for, even if it's not your dream opportunities. And in fact, I bet you have a wider group of, of connections than you realize, and you could put feelers out and say, hey, like, you know, maybe it's design studios, maybe it's illustration studios, maybe it's whatever it is, saying, hey, by the way, I'm a freelancer now. If you have anything that you think I could do, I'm looking for anything to come through the door so that I can uh, kind of build my career while I'm working on my dream stuff. And then while you're doing that stuff, the downtime between those projects that you're just doing for cash flow, that's when you start doing the content marketing, influencer marketing stuff that we've been talking about in this series, and you start shooting for the stars. But you don't do nothing and just shoot for the stars and and don't do anything to fix your cash flow problem that you're inevitably going to have at the beginning so what i would do is think about cash flow don't get sucked into the black and white thinking realize that you can be somewhere between doing the employed drudgery work and the freelance no pants dance work uh, and, and if you embrace both sides, you can actually build a foundation that you can get to where you're really trying to go. 
That's what I got to say. Thanks for calling in. Go download the Anchor app and use the call-in feature on the Andy J Pizza page, and your question might be featured at the end of one of these episodes. Thanks, Anchor. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm.